Sword and Board. I'm Luke. And I'm Lars. This is two guys still enduring quarantine talking about <laughs> fantasy movies. Hi, Lars. <laughs> it is now the 97th of Junetober. Um, I have no idea what day it is. Is it Friday? Today's, I think so. Is today Friday? I Did we get paid today? It is a a fog, man. Just a, the days just run together. Weekends. There's only, three days, there's only three days in quarantine. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Correct. Um, it is. It's something else. It, it it's disorienting when you you lose that routine of just getting up in the morning and going to work. Just the physical act of you know putting like I'm I'm wearing a tie right now because I had a um, a Zoom. Uh, <laughs> meeting with a, a, a prospective student I'm also not wearing pants well, you, you know that, so. <laughs> yeah you heard that thing that that, that shirt tops sales have gone up but pants have not, not correct because everyone does everything like this now it doesn't matter yeah um, it, it's it is it, it's definitely been something to that I, I feel like we're getting used to it and we're not really getting antsy um, I, I know that that is a, a privilege. I mean, we're we're in a very nice neighborhood that has beautiful parks that we can walk around in. Um, we actually went to the Green Hill Cemetery again yesterday um, to go walk around. Elizabeth and I have our jobs still. I mean, things are things are fortunate on on our end that we're not feeling nervous about all of this. However, Elizabeth is back to work full time. Yep, going into so the I. office full time. When hey, good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I might be very soon. So that means the kids have to go back to daycare, which that was earlier than we had planned. Yep. So that's that's scary. Yeah. That's no, scary. I I see most people with masks and a lot of people with gloves and people are still doing, you know, still trying to do the social distancing and somewhat and it's just we're all tired of it and we're all bored and like i've joked my two favorite things in the world are going out to the movies and going out to get something to eat and what are the two things i can't do right now right exactly Exactly. and i mean thrift stores have opened back up and they're doing better like we've gone to a couple of them because we you know moving cross country we there's some things that we have needed to pick up um and we've gotten a couple of those uh, but it's still it's odd everything seems odd still like I get that we're gonna be wearing masks for you know a couple years now like it's gonna be their masks are gonna be commonplace for a year for years to come now um, right and and, and and handshakes are gonna be a thing of the past and yeah and, and I, I mean there's I things that I'm this, okay with <laughs> yeah I hope we transition to the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, like, arm tap. Yeah. <laughs> and not the steroids. Exactly. <laughs> and and it, it, it was Mark McGuire and, and Jose Canseco. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> that was hey, what, hey, that was impressive. That was, you, you, named, you did name two sports folks that were connected, I, so that, I that like, was good. I, one, like baseball, and two, that was, what, 47 billion years ago? You know, in the before time, in the long, long ago. In, in the before time, in the long, long ago, yes. Um, so, as always, what's... Um, I, I'm glad to hear that you're you're doing well and that you're back to work. I know that that must have been nerve-wracking, but I'm glad that you're back. Um, I, you know. have, I have read 
13 books during quarantine. Great. What's, what's, um, a, what's a, uh, a favorite? Well, it actually announced today as well that it's getting a Disney Plus adaptation. Um, the Percy Jackson books are getting a uh, whole series now. Which oh, is the, good. Li- the Lightning Thief? Yeah. I actually like those more than Harry Potter. Hmm. I, I've never read them. Um, I have not read as many books um, because I'm still in my, my doctoral program, so all I read yes. now is articles and journals. I'm actually in the midst of writing my literature review for my dissertation. Cool. Um, yeah, it just means that when I go to read for fun, it's agonizing. Because all it is, it's like, oh, this is just more reading. I can't do this. And my brain shuts down. Yeah. So we're going to the beach next weekend, and I'm going to bring, like, the stupidest, trashiest, you know. Airport <laughs> fiction. Airport, yeah. Like, Clive, some Clive Cussler, some stupid thing just to kind of numb my brain a little bit. I get it. We've watched uh, several series front to back because what the hell else am I going to be doing? Well, see, I am a kid, so I can't yes. do that. We What we've done instead is we go on walks a lot. Yep. We've gone to various parks. We do yoga every day. So we've actually been doing more projects and outdoorsy stuff because our quarantine has allowed, I mean, our, our stay-at-home orders, they want, you know, they want you to get outside. Your yeah. Vitamin D is a good thing. <laughs> like, you know, this yeah. is, so we haven't watched as much. I... My, my shows that I have been watching, um, I'm watching Letterkenny on Hulu. It's hilarious. It's a, it's basically a, it's a funnier trailer park boys. It's a Canadian show. That would, that is an incredibly low bar. It is, no, but this, this is great. This one is really, really good. And then I'm watching The Expanse. Heard good things. Wonderful. It's a really great show. Um, I, I really bristle at the, oh, it's like Game of Thrones in space. No, because it's actually hopeful and there's no rape. And right. and, and like there there's hopeful characters and things are happy and nice. I'm just wanna go. Or... We we've been walking around a lot too. It's just, you know, when we get back it's well what now? Like, well, let's just I've heard good things about community and watch all of community. Mm-hmm. Um watched all of the Mandalorian. I was very impressed. Yeah, I, I really liked that one. Um it, it had its it had some flaws. It wasn't perfect, yep. but man, that was better than the trilogy, the the sequel trilogy, in my opinion. That was um. that was a it, it, it was, and again, low bar, but um, it was simple and you know to the point. And I yeah, I mean I I got emotional when the Ugnaught died. Yeah, like <laughs> like I, real emotion, not like cheesy. Pull on your heartstring stuff like wow I actually cared about that guy he he had he, he was meaningful <laughs> yeah I um and and then at the end of with IG eleven I'm a nurse droid I need to I my sole job is protect the child what what am I gonna do now I'm gonna kill everyone right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, um I yeah I was very because when I heard about it, I'm like oh Boba Fett show come on that is such well, fan service. And then it started coming together like, oh, this is actually really good. <laughs> I, I've, I started rewatching Clone Wars, and I'm oh yeah, I'm excited for that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I want more Star Wars genre pieces. I don't want things attached to a big sweeping epic. 
That's what, well, that's why I like the the Mandalorian. It was a, yeah. it was a, a simple little story. Like one of the it best, was the most Western. Yeah, it got back to a Western roots. Yeah, because because there's parts of Star Wars that don't get a lot of play in the new sequel trilogy. You know, it's all Jedi's and four. And it, actually, that most of that even come goes back to the prequel trilogies. So prequel and sequel, it's all about the Force and light and dark and good and evil. But there's parts of you know the original trilogy where Han Solo's at a spaceport. And there's yeah. bounty hunters, and there's grifters, and there's seedy stuff. Yeah, and, and I, I like uh, that. <laughs> like like the sequel trilogy. As much as I loved Last Jedi, and for me, Last Jedi is top three Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much I love that movie. It's the only one of these Star Wars movies I've ever felt like I like I cried a little bit at parts of that, and I mm-hmm. walked out of Last Jedi feeling like I had the first time I saw Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy was at its core built on a foundation of sand. Yeah. Because one through six tells a complete story, and that's Darth Vader. That's right. Darth Vader's story. Yeah. Then what do you attach? Like, there's no connective tissue to finish that, that story. Exactly, because the story's finished. The story's yeah. finished at that point, so then it, it, it was re- relying too much on nostalgia. Old nostalgia instead of telling a new story, whereas Mandalorian. You can have fan service and nostalgic elements. Like there's like the gun he uses. That that's that rifle he uses is the rifle Boba Fett has in the Star Wars holiday special. Right. Right. Like but, the, that I mean, level of Right. But that but see the thing is that like you can you can't get away from nostalgia if you're building writing a story in Star Wars universe. Because there's gonna be things that you tie in that are going to tie into I mean, the other things. I mean, that's that's the whole like um, Star Wars by itself is and is a nostalgic throwback. But there's something I talked about with um, when I was watching Clone Wars a while back. The first time I, I started to watch it, they use a lot of lines from the a lot of specific pointed dialogue from the trilogy and from the the uh, the prequel movies, mm-hmm. and not like. It like like this is where the fun begins and mercy mission and very pointed quotes mm-hmm. and not like not like I have a bad feeling about this kind of stuff. That's right. a throwback kind of thing. There's very specific pieces of dialogue to the point where oh that's a cultural idiom. That's oh not yeah a, yeah that, that's, that's just that's just what they said. Yeah yeah. Um, like yeah that's a, yeah that that's a good point because yeah there's there's certain things that come up and it's. Is that just nostalgia, or are they doing it in a very subtle way? And that's, you know what? That's a great segue into what we're going to talk about, Lucas. Subtlety. Okay, so, I'm going to say... And the lack of in <laughs> it in certain movies that we watched. <laughs> yep. Uh, this time around, we've got... We're, we're sticking with the Disney theme. We've been talking a lot about Disney well, movies. A lot of Disney because... property. Yeah, look, but before we go, and I just want to put a pin in it that... Go watch The Mandalorian if you haven't. I don't know why you haven't yet. It's great. It, it is a wonderful show. Good characters. Fun stuff. Worth Not your time. Star Wars. It's If you don't like Star Wars, you're fine. You're just watching a Western. Yeah. You're watching a really cool Western with with um, with a cool character. So, um, It's Westerns with pew-pew sounds. With pew-pew sounds, exactly. Um, so... We watched three movies on Disney+. And Ugh. what was the worst one that we watched? We'll do that first. Yeah, so, so Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the guy in Alice in Wonderland. 
the Tim Burton Johnny Depp. Oh. The Tim Depp Johnny Burton. Um, so this came out in 2010. And this is like, it's weird. This is before they tried to, they started making all of their live action remakes. This kind of laid the groundwork for it though. I think this made it, this was the one that, that, that made the suit start thinking, oh, this can be viable. Cause they, yeah. they had done, I remember back at like when we were little, they made like a live action jungle book with Jason Lee. Not and Jason Lee. Dump. No, I, I, know you're, I know the one you're talking about. But that wasn't... And that wasn't yeah, and the Glenn Close movies, yep. And those are fine. Like, the 101 Dalmatians is actually pretty good. Pretty good, yep. With uh, Jeff Daniels? Yep. Um, it's... This is so tonally all over the place. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And I get it, because Alice in Wonderland is, is weird and dreamy and odd and all sorts of things all over the place. But I didn't know what it wanted from me. And it's weird... There are so many stories of people going to other worlds, mm-hmm. and they all like a lot of them take a place. Of, like this reminded me a lot of Hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, that's, a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Because I mean, good comparison. It, yeah, because it was oh, Hook. You know, he was all this stuff actually happened, and now he's an adult. And that's what happens in this. Is like oh, you came back because it's a sort of sequel to the the one from. The original Disney movie, because she was a child and went to a Wonderland when she was growing up, and now she came back. Which I didn't like. I didn't like any of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, you're right. I, I think it hit on the head that what did it want from me? What is this? What are you? Am I trying to laugh? Am I trying to be scared? Are you trying to? It's just it, it was not. It was just not, just not good. It was, uh, I, and it, which is, it, for me, it, it's, it's the malaise of Tim Burton, where Tim Burton has, and Johnny Depp, they have, you know, all right, it's a new year, so we need to go put out a kooky movie together. And what's weird is he, for all the kookiness that he does, Tim Burton loves suburbia and he loves normality. Yeah. And a lot of this is, I need to be in, it's... He likes the outsider, but he also likes the outsider when they own when they go back to their real world, go back to their normal life almost. Like Ed Wood and uh, Edward Scissorhands, and honestly Batman, and a bunch of his other stuff where it's the outsider comes, looks at his stuff, says okay, and then is accepted by the surrounding community, and then just integrates into com- the community. It's weird, but this. What was, I don't, the, the CGI is, is very dated, and it's something yep. that I've noticed with a lot of, it's weird, like, the mid-1990s mid to early 2000s CGI all looks okay still, or at least yeah. it's enough of a, of a nostalgic <clears throat> factor that I'm willing to, like, okay, I can just move past it. Well, like, like Starship, like, Starship Troopers, there's stuff in that, like... That's could be released today. Yeah, there and or Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is still the freaking gold standard for that. Of course, absolutely. Um, or the Abyss and its its dreamy thing. But like from like 2005 to 2010 ish, like okay, that all just looks looks bad. They just started relying on it so much to tell a story, as opposed to allowing it to like 
augment and enhance the story. So it's almost like, look at all the stuff that we can do. It's that Ian and Malcolm quote. Yes, you, you found out all the stuff you could do, but you didn't stop to think that you should. Yeah. So it, I don't know, it, it looked grungy. And I, I, I get that that's because it's, it's a sequel to your point. So she's coming back to Wonderland. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it, it just was trying to give Alice too much of a backstory. And I, I just, the, these are children's stories. So it's okay that she is girl that goes into Hull and has adventures. There, and there are so many, Alice in Wonderland is the one that keep that, I don't like dark children's stories in general. Like, oh, what if it, what if this thing that you actually thought was good is actually bad? Um, I don't, I don't like that in general. Right. Um, it's like why I didn't like why I had zero interest in Brightburn. It was, mm-hmm. you know, this thing that you think is good is actually bad. Okay, that that's not interesting to me. That's mm-hmm. a very that is not that's not cutting edge. That's the most boring hackneyed thing you can do. It was a pretty good. Movie. Um, I I have no desire whatsoever. Uh, this Alice in Wonderland thing, they want to do a dark, gritty thing about it. That's already been done better a couple of times. Right. Like uh, Alice and Mc- uh, sorry, American McGee's Alice, the video game series. Mm-hmm. Those are fantastic. And it gets the tone of creepy Wonderland, creepy Wonderland Victorian oddness so much better. Uh, there was a Sci-Fi Channel original where it was a, um, I think it's just called Alice, where it's just an odd take on everything and it's kind of it's not anywhere near as fantasy it's like oh and she's just in an alternate world and it's kind of weird and then hell uh once upon a time the television show did a spin-off that was just set in wonderland and that was that did this tone better now it mm-hmm. had it i mean it wasn't necessarily good but it had a weird spin on it well this and this this suffers from the nutcracker in the four realms like, let's make this uh, a franchise, so we have to turn the Mad Hatter, who was never the, like, he was just a person in the story. Yep. He was just another character that you met. Let's make him, was he the mayor? He was a mayor, but then he was, like, leading a resistance against the queen, right? Yeah. So and that's, that's something that makes no sense, is that they, it's a problem that a lot of shows, ha- a lot of fiction has, where it's the main cast does everything. Right. <laughs> Right. It's like in Star Trek. Who's going to be on the away team? Uh, Kirk, Spock, and a guy that we need to kill so we can heighten the danger. <laughs> exactly. So in this, like, the Rebellion's led by the Mad Hatter and a bunch of crazy people because they're the names we know. Right. And it, But it also, like, do we really... It's Alice in Wonderland, so you know the story, kind of. I mean, Alice goes to Wonderland... And she, you know, has to drink the thing that makes her small, and she has to eat the thing to make her big, and she talks to a caterpillar, and there's a Cheshire cat, and they're, you know, off with her head. I don't really remember the story of Alice in Wonderland. I just remember that she just had crazy adventures and that she went home. Yeah. Well, why can't you just make a movie of that? (laughs) Like, just have crazy... And why does it have to be this full-scale battle where she's fighting the Jabberwocky in single combat, and she has to, you know... Because the Jabberwocky isn't even technically in either one of them. Jabberwocky is something po- else. He's in a yeah, e- and it's in a poem right. that's in, in the book, which is even, like, okay. And it just, it's just tonally all over the place. And I couldn't look at Crispin Glover the entire time because his features are so stretched out just a little bit too wrong. And I get it that they want everyone look, looking weird, but I don't, I didn't care. Yeah, I just, I didn't care about any of it. It just, it wasn't, everything looked too weird. And it just, you know, 
I don't know. It, it also, it, it was strange to me because they, like, it tried to do a little bit of both things where, you know, in the beginning she's at, uh, trying to do this little, this idea of it was a dream and it wasn't a dream. So it tried to have its, it, it's kind of cake and eat it too, where at the very beginning she's wandering through that garden party that's supposed to be her, her engagement party. And she sees like a blue caterpillar and she mm-hmm. sees like a couple other things that she'll then see in the, in the wonderland. They, but they should have been, if they wanted to go that route, somebody should have been playing poker and they should have like thrown a queen of hearts down. You know, so yeah. like if they wanted to go, Just they had to amp have it up a, as hard as possible. Exactly. Like somebody walks by with a top hat. Like, so she sees Johnny Depp, but not crazy Johnny Depp. She see, you know, they should have done that. That would have made more sense. But, so, but because they kind of went in a half measure with it where she only saw a couple of the things, it didn't, you know, yeah, like she should have seen like the, Tweedledee and Tweedledum at the party, but they're not grotesque, but she just saw them. Well, that's what those, like those, uh, the sisters, sisters are supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Are supposed to be. Are reminiscent of it, but it's the same thing of like there's so many movies that we watch where a lot of it is right at the end is whoa whoa this is a serious movie we can't go that far and no one there's there are so many times where it's no this is a movie you need to lose your mind we ex- we already know that it's fictional accept that and go farther from it and right. we'll and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to our the last film. Because I got a comment related to that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Just not. I was not impressed. This is my first time seeing it. I'm not looking forward to the sequel. Now that we've watched this, watch the first 15 minutes of it. And we turned it off. Ugh. Great. Yeah. That's just... me saying that. <laughs> That's that. Yeah. Is... It was. It was, This. This one was. This one was rough. Um, that was the first, I hadn't seen this since it came out in theaters. Uh, Ten years ago. Yeah. I, I had not. I had no desire to see it in the theaters because it just was like. Let's Tim Burton and Johnny Depp for good Burton. Ah, by already at that point, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> what was an interesting find for us this week, I think, was was the Black Cauldron, which I feel like is like that Disney movie that they just want to just make forget you forget, about. and for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> The Black Cauldron, it's based on a, a series of books, The Chronicles of Prydain. Which um, are based off of, off of Welsh myths. Welsh myth, yep. So that was interesting that it was it was actually based on a book series that was actually pretty recent. Like Mary yeah. Poppins was, th- th- those came out a while ago. These were from the, in the 60s, like the late 60s. So it, it that's a pretty recent adaptation, you know, for mm-hmm. Disney. Most of them are they're based on old myths or old fairy tales. So it's funny that they they chose this book series to make a movie out of. It's mid '80s, so you know it's that weird time in Disney where they really haven't they aren't making the great classics. What, you, you call it what, what? What was that period of time? I mean, it wasn't the Disney Renaissance. This was just it's kind of dark, the, it's the Dark Ages. It's I the Dark it's Ages. Of, yeah, it's just it's just not not good stuff. Well, see, here's what what's weird to me is I wish this movie had been done better. Maybe not even been better, but I wish it had succeeded at the box office because this was during Disney's weird experimental page where they didn't do princess movies. Like, you watch a Disney movie now, you're gonna basically you basically know what you're gonna get for the most part. You get some gems that happen and you get things that change and go around and, and are different. Like Zootopia, Frozen, Rapunzel, they've been playing with the formula a lot. But for the most part, a Disney movie is going to be relatively these story beats, right? Yeah. And then you've got 
the Black Cauldron, which, as you said, they, they want to forget about because it's so wildly different than anything else they've ever done. And what does the future of the Disney company look like if this movie had succeeded and they start taking way more risks in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. maybe okay, because this is around the time I'm just looking this up. So 1985. 1985. So, you know, they come out with a bang. They're making, you know, Cinderella. They're making Dumbo. They're making Bambi. They're making Pinocchio. They're making um, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, Sword in the Stone, Robin Hood. And then you start getting to the rescuers. And then you get to the Fox and the Hound and the Black Cauldron and the Great Mouse Detective, which I I love the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, we've we I think we've come around on Great Mouse Detective culturally, but initially it was not. No. <laughs> then that you know in '89 and into the '90s, that's when you get your resurgence of musicals. But I can see your point that you know if if the Black Cauldron had done better, they might have gone a different route with a lot of their things. But how much of the success, or or how much of we need to make Little Mermaid, we need to make Beauty and the Beast, we need to make Aladdin and Lion King came from woof. Yeah, we 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 botched it. (laughs) We need to do something better. Yeah. So the Black Cauldron, there's a bad guy. He wants a cauldron that has an even bigger bad guy's evil in it, and a pig hand has to stop him. Right. Yeah. That's basically it, and hilarity ensues. Yeah, it's it's good. Like it's pretty. I think it's it's solid. You want to talk about Alice in Wonderland being totally all over the place. There are parts of this where it's oh, this is a pretty standard movie. Standard, um, what's it called? This is a pretty standard Disney movie. And then there's Satan resurrecting an, an undead army to the point where apparently the original cut of this movie was R-rated and they had to cut it down. Yeah, no, I it it, it goes some places. I my problem was that it was an inconsistent world to me. That let's let's take Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the w- land of the men folk and the land of the elves and the land of the dwarves and the land of the hobbits. They're all different, but you can kind of see a thread. You can see that all these places are on the same planet, basically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it all kind of looks the same. This one, you've got an anthropomor- anthropomorphic looking pig and like scary dogs and a demon Skeletor, and then the fair folk are glowy and it looks like another a completely different animation studio made them. Yep. So that it's just jarring. It's like, do they just escape from another movie and they're in this movie now? And I had a big problem with the animation in this one because it just wasn't oh, the, good animation. Yeah, it's very clearly like that something went something had gone I don't know if wrong, but you can see a flat background and then it's very clearly on top of that. There, um, there's that and then like even just like Prince Eric looks like is square and stoic and perfect the entire movie of, of Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. The main characters in this one, like they would, their outlines would change. Mm-hmm. It looked like they would kind of wobble and warp, and it was just because I don't know if the the drawing wasn't as good or the like the when they were animating it wasn't as good. But instead of just them moving, there they would it, at times it looked like their whole features would warp and wobble and that that really took me out of it too mm-hmm. i get that there's i mean i've read and watched and played a dozen you know hundreds of fantasy stories where there's you know there's the hero the princess and the silly bard mm-hmm. i get it yeah i mean we've we've talked about that dragon art fifth element yeah <laughs> it's not terrible but i it's just it's so weird to see oh and then there's this old guy who shows up and doesn't do a whole lot 
Yeah. Except get almost raped by a big boobed witch. Yep. Can I pluck your harp? Yeah. In a Disney movie? <laughs> he gets stuck. Yeah. He gets stuck. Like as a, so the the they're they go on a quest. The pig keeper, like the pig can, I guess, find out where the black cauldron is. She's psychic somehow. And then the obviously the evil warlord, the horn king, wants to get the pig. Hilarity ensues, they find all these different crazy adventures. They they find out where the cauldron is, and there's these three witches. One of them is really endowed, and the bard gets turned into a frog, and then the frog lands in her cleavage, and there's like like popping like yeah. skin on skin sounds and I'm watching this like I'm really glad I didn't show this to the kids this is a, a Disney movie a, a, like a an animated Disney movie it just was yeah. it, we're, 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 totally... we're, getting, we're getting into heavy metal stage right now of animation <laughs> like good lord uh, and it's just it's not the thing is this was fun it's a lot of one of those where I I'll watch this if it's on sometime and it's got some interesting visuals, and the Horn King is terrifying, and the skeleton warriors that he resurrects are terrifying. This is fine if it was Don Bluth. Like yeah, if, this, if yeah. Don Bluth this made, it's very it, Don Bluth. Yes, this is the best Don Bluth movie he didn't make. And if so, if this was no Disney movie, it was just The Black Cauldron. It would be better. I think it would have been received better. But the fact that it's mm-hmm. Disney and that carries weight with it. This one, it, it lost me. Yeah, and yeah, it's good. But all is not lost. All is not lost. The the evening or the week was saved by a little um. movie from 1988, and I say little because it's Willow. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So Willow, I Willow's good. Yeah, Willow's really good. Mm-hmm. And I and every time I watch it, I forget that it's how good it is plot of the movie Moses gets washed down to uh, Willow's village uh, turns out that <laughs> to the Shire and then he the has to, and he have, they have to take Moses away from Sauron and Sauron um, and wait wait what <laughs> yeah baby gets washed down to Willow's village Willow is a, a he's a farmer who wants to be a sorcerer he gets selected to take the baby to the first human he finds adventures ensue so you remember Lord of, El- Lord of the Elves? Is that the one with the the pig, like the Indonesian hobbits? Yeah, it's currently sitting at the at at, at the bottom, at yeah. the at the worst. You remember how that was viscerally uncomfortable the entire time, and it seemed like everyone was making fun of people. Yes. Okay. Exact op. This is the exact opposite. Yes. This is empowering. <laughs> yeah, and it felt good, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. You mentioned to me that the music in this is incredible. Oh my god, I have to, I have a story to tell about the music, but go ahead. Okay, so this is also another James Horner soundtrack who did Krull and who accidentally did uh, the Sorcerers of Dragon, the Sorcerers of Wizards of um. What is that that dumbass movie? The uh, the, uh, the Deathstalker reboot. Yeah, the w- Wizards of Wizards of the Magic yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, that's that, it. Yeah. So it's got the most incredible soundtrack possible. But what were you um? What were you saying? What were your story about the music? When we lived in New Orleans, yeah, we lived we lived in Metairie, this little suburb, and there was a parking deck for a hospital right next near our place. And I would mm-hmm. ride my bike up to the top of the par- parking deck. Mm-hmm. And then race down it 
in my head I'd hum dun da da 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 dun that's like there's that and then like their love the like it's not the love theme but the the emotional theme the yeah that one like so like two two major pieces of music coming from the movie are incredible I I would posit that some of the best fantasy music out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm right there with you. So we were talking about how um, fantasy movies tend to have the most incredible soundtracks. Yeah. Like compared to other genres. And I had a thought about this. All of the movies that we have watched are explicitly fictional. And fantasy in and of itself as a genre is the only genre that is explicitly always fictional. Science right. fiction. Science fiction is the potential future something horror is has slashers and things like that rom-coms and docudramas and historical fictions those are by themselves fantasy by definition is the only always fictional setting right that's a good point and because of that sometimes you need the help because suspension of disbelief is a thing right and it's an easy way to overcome some of those problems by adding in a rousing, good. soaring mu- music. There's a cut. There's a. I, if I can find the link, I'll, I'll send it. But I, a while back, I watched a version of Star Wars that doesn't have music. Yeah. It does not work. No. Because <clears> like, there's that scene, binary sunset, might be the best in, single scene in a film ever made. When he's like, when he go, comes up and he's like staring off into the sunset, and you 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 see his agony of being left behind in space and he is like the whole galaxy is doing something and and he's not (laughs) and without without a single fucking word nope and it's and it relies entirely on john williams soundtrack right there and mark hamill's facial expression but it doesn't work without that song there's that scene in empire where they're fixing the millennium falcon and han and leia are sitting there and it's this somewhat beautiful romantic moment you take the music away and han is a psychopath <laughs> han comes off as the creepiest person wow okay and it's it's really bad it's like within when we watched on where we talked about how we have everyone has unresolved parental issues and it uses that to, mm-hmm. to as a framework music hijacks that for you a little bit mm-hmm. because music is part of the the box of filmmaking tools the music or the absence of music changes how something works. Right. If you put the Benny Hill theme over uh, <laughs> over Nightmare on Elm Street, it's going to be a different kind of thing. I I think I think you're absolutely right though that it, it, having that kind of soaring epic music enhances um you know fantasy movies, in particular a movie about a bunch of little people that are running around. I mean, there's there's brownies. I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so rewatching it, there's so many great set pieces. And they're yeah. and they're different kinds of things, right? So there's Mad Mardigan, an incredible Val Kilmer, yep. so great. He's you know he's the swordsman, swordsmith that basically the 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 thief with the heart of gold, or the, like the he's like the he's like the Han Solo kind of character. In this oh, movie. he is one hundred percent Han Solo. This uh, is this owes more to Star Wars than any other thing. Yeah. But this idea where he, he's dressed up like a woman. To, uh, well, he was dressed up like a woman because he was trying to sneak, a, like he was sleeping with somebody, and like he he dressed up like a woman to oh, run away from her husband. Run away from her husband. He's on a, a carriage, like speeding away, still dressed up as a woman, 
they're punching people out. The brownies are climbing on, you know, the the undercarriage, and it's just it's it's just this incredible set piece. There's the dragon fight that he oh does, where it's his home alone sequence, where it's, right. he sets up, <laughs> right? He sets up all these traps. There's the the sledding away on the snow, like the mm-hmm. the escape on that. There's the battle. There's just you know where they they turn into pigs, but then they 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 attack. I don't know. It's just this whole thing is just. It was so cool to go back to a movie and, and remember these set pieces, and they're still thrilling, and they're, they're yeah. still so well done. What I, something that, as I've said multiple times, I'm not the practical effects guy. I don't, I don't necessarily like that as a, a thing. Well, a, a, as a, if it's practical effects, it means it automatically makes it better. Yes, thank you. That's if, no, if it's practical effects that are done well, great. Yeah, no, great. I, I'm not <laughs> denying that. I'm not denying that. Christopher Nolan suplexed that truck. In Dark Knight, um, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fine. He crashed the plane in Dark Knight Returns. Uh, yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Um, That's incredible. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. That that that, yeah, that, yeah. that practical effects automatically makes uh, make it a better thing. No, that no no. But I will say that there is something utterly charming and utterly that we have lost by going away from stop motion. Those dragons are inc- are oh my god. And like I like Stranger Things, but again, good stop like motion. Yeah, I like Stranger Things a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have tried to do some stop motion stuff for what they were doing for the Demogorgon. Wanna, yeah, yeah. If you want to capture the '80s, do a stop motion thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be for yeah. all of it, but at least like there's a scene where like the Demogorgon's kind of slowly stalking towards mm-hmm. them. That could be stop motion. Yeah, but there's so many great bits about. It. I love that for like the first half of the movie. Mad Mardigan doesn't do anything. He's he's kind of the thief, roguish kind of guy. And then, oh no, he actually is really good with a sword. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he will win that war for you, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's so many. Uh, the, the, there's this just, the setup with the 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 love potion or the yeah. love dust or whatever, and and, and he obviously falls in love with the the evil queen. Darth Vader. Yeah, he should, yeah, he basically falls in love. Is it Darth Vader or is that more like? Because he, he, Darth Vader's the guy with the skull. Uh, well, I I would say that, that she's Darth Vader because the woman is clearly the Emperor. Right. And the guy with the skull doesn't do a whole lot. We don't have a whole lot of... He's just the heavy. Fr- he's just the bad He's just guy. the heavy, yeah. yeah. Okay, but yeah, he, so she, he he falls in love with her because of this <laughs> potion. I don't know. That, just, that that was well set up. And, like, every you know, you, you know that he's, he sees her and it's like, oh, crap. You know, this, this is going to add another wrinkle to a you know an otherwise easy plan. Yeah, I just I I miss Val Kilmer. I know that he had some a lot of health issues. Yep. He um, now apparently tours as um, a one man Mark Twain show. Because didn't he like win a lot of awards for Mark his Mark Twain performance? Yeah, it's um, weird. I I don't know. I just he he was he was great in this movie. It's got a great feel to the world. It's like. like my complaint against Brad Cauldron, where everything was disjointed, and how the fair yeah. folk didn't look like they belonged there. The brownies, who are Kevin Pollock, <laughs> and so I forget the other guy's name, but the yeah. Kevin Pollock, even though he's a little little tiny guy, he feels like he belongs in this magical world. Yes. It, he looks, he doesn't look out of place. And right. and Willow and his, you know, and Kaya and all of them, they all look like they're part of. A world where they could be a Mad Mardigan and brownies, and they're yeah. all in the same place. 
Yeah. I, I like that it's not... That's another thing with the... Because fantasy is so explicitly fictional, it's also the only genre that is almost always optimistic. There is an undercurrent of optimism on every fantasy movie, basically. Maybe not, or on on most of them, compared to any other genre. There's not, yeah. There's not a lot of cynical. I mean, that's where maybe Game of Thrones got it wrong as a TV show because it took away. You're right. It the good guys can win. Yeah, we we will prevail. Well, Game of Thrones failed because they had hack writers who couldn't make nihilism work. Yeah, yeah, because that's it. It gets depressing, and 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 even in the. The darkest times of Willow, and and it gets you know grungy, and when I say dark, I just mean like you know things are just dirty and gross, and you know. And the, the and the bad guy ha- takes the baby, and she's gonna throw the baby into hell. Yeah, and... it gets dark, but you you know that Willow Willow's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Willow's gonna make you know he's gonna. Oh, I love that! Oh my gosh, this I just, that just reminded me of that great. So the transformations are incredible in this. Yep. Oh. And then there's that one. Bit where Willow has that rock and he's like, or no, it's an acorn. Yeah, acorn. He throws it at, at the the sorceress. She grabs it and like her hand starts turning into stone, just, and mm-hmm. she's like fighting it off. And it just ah. But at that point, it's like, well, crap. That that was all he could do. That was his little ace in the hole. But nope, he believes in himself, and he's gonna and, and he's gonna you know. It just it yeah, and he does the he does the the magic trick like that like he he fools her because he's she believes her, she's all powerful and she doesn't understand how that could doesn't get that something simple as a dumb party trick right right so he yeah and he plays so he plays to his strengths mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I and again that's paid off that's a setup and a payoff because mm-hmm. we see him as a bumbling aspiring magician back in his village yeah. but now he he's able to then. Fooled the most evil person in the in the the land. Yes, I was really looking forward to watching this one. Like when we started this project, I'm like, oh, we get to watch Willow. Then, not having seen it in a long time, I'm just like, I, I have fond memories of Willow. I'm really glad that we watched this one. That was so <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then um, compared to the other ones, <laughs> God, night and day uh, difference. Yep. Um, okay, so let's start with let's start with with. Alice in Wonderland. Or were you going to say something else? No, no, just, yeah, I was, I'm stealing myself for just how low we can go. So, I would probably rather watch Nutcracker. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather watch The Last Airbender? Is The Last Airbender better than than um, uh, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. Okay. Babes with Blades. This is better than Babes with Blades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What's your... Floor. What what is is Black Cauldron definitely not better than? It's better than Weird Man. Yep. I have a soft spot for the Night Before Christmas. What do you mean the Night Before Christmas? I like that one. Oh oh, I th- I forgot about the Night Before. I forgot about that. I was like, we haven't watched the Night Before Christmas. We haven't. We've watched the Night Before Christmas. The Knight Before Christmas, yes. and I like that one. I I, I have yeah, it right here. Yeah, me too. I actually I. I didn't like the Black Cauldron Lucas. I, I just I, I thought I was bored. Um, yeah. But it is better than like <laughs> it's better than a lot of these movies down yeah. to, at the bottom. Yeah. But I think it, we get to Night Before Christmas, and that is at least sweet. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. So I put it in between Weird Man and Night Before Christmas. Okay. 
And now the difficult part. We're gonna. I'm scrolling up because <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah, this, one, this one's gonna go pretty high. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> here's my thing. This is my absolute floor for it. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's better than Excalibur, but that puts it at four. That's fine with me. Yeah. Like. like yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely. Fine. I, I was. I yes. Yep. Because what's above that is Excalibur, Stardust, and Return of the King. And I'm happy with putting this in the top top four. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because that's it's incredible. Cool. Good work. Good work. Yes, me. absolutely. <laughs> um, we, we finished strong. Lucas, where can people find us in our homes? I'm gonna keep making that joke until we can leave our homes. Um, but where, where can so they? So see you guys in 2025. In 2025, yes. <clears throat> where can they find us on the interwebs? They can find us at Sword in Boardcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you have requests, send us a line on either one of those. We do have an email that at at Sword and Boardcast. We are on Stitcher and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And Podbean. And iTunes and Podbean. We should be on Pandora soon. If you have another another thing that you like to use, send us, on, send us that on that. Our art is produced by Wes Forbis. And our theme song, Goblin Road Trip, is by Ryan Boyd. You can find them at Ryan Boyd on Twitter. Uh currently advertising more podcast theme songs if you have any that you need to do. Lars, do you have anything you want to uh, follow up with? Wear a goddamn mask when you go outside. It really isn't that hard. It is not a statement to be made by not wearing one. You wearing a mask is you looking out for your fellow human beings. And somebody wearing a mask is looking out for you. Don't get annoyed by them. Don't be annoying. No, no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's not an infringement on you. No. A mask isn't one either. No. Like, if if we all wear masks, all those people that are crying out for the economy to open up, it would open up a lot goddamn faster. So just wear a freaking mask. That's yeah. it. Pretend you're a Take bandit. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night, just wear a tip fucking your, tip mask. Your, tip your delivery drivers. Tip you your delivery drivers. And, like... Really tip them. Like, like 20% the floor. <laughs> you need to be yeah. tipping well. I mean, just be good to each other. Don't be morons. And go watch a bunch of stuff online. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, a, a unbelievable amount of content right now. So much of it's good. So much, so much of it's good, and we hopefully have we'll <laughs> narrowed down a couple of them. If you were debating, yes. should I watch Willow or should yes. I watch Alice in Wonderland? The answer is Willow. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> Every single. <laughs> All right. Have a great one, y'all. All right. Bye.